what's going on in the war? Well, it's Sunday morning, and uh, uh, no, no better to ask than the former Supreme Allied Commander of NATO, uh, General Wesley Clark. Uh, General Clark, so many things are going on in, in, in the world. I mean, we've got wars all over the place. And I, I, I jokingly say, but it's not too far from a joke, uh, how many countries have to be involved before you call it a world war? Uh, can you, Sunday morning, can you give the American people an update? Let's start wherever you think the appropriate place to start. Well, first of all, let's, let's put the big picture in place, John. We're in a new era today. We have to recognize it. This is multipolarity. And the old idea that the power of the U.S. example was so great that all we had to do was point our finger and snap our, our hands together and people would jump and do what we said, that's wrong. So uh, we're in a contested global environment. It starts with Russia. Russia invaded Ukraine uh, just because Vladimir Putin wants to regain the historic territories of the Soviet Union. He sees himself as a sort of modern Putin the Great, doesn't care how many people he kills or what economies he wrecks. And if he gets Ukraine or stabilizes and gets a pause in the fighting, he's going to move on to the Baltic states, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, and maybe Poland. And they're all NATO members. So we're on the brink of a real NATO confrontation face-to-face with a nuclear-armed Russia. And then on the other side of the world, there's China, which is rapidly building its forces. Uh, uh, President Xi Jinping uh, said farewell to Putin in a visit last year in Moscow and said, uh, we're going to see changes in the world not seen in 100 years, and we're driving it. I guess that means they appreciate Putin trying to wreck NATO, and at the same time, what China is trying to do is establish dominance in the Pacific and regain control of Taiwan. And Xi Jinping hasn't ruled out the use of force to do that. And that would put America in, again, in the crosshairs of conflict. And then there's the Middle East, and uh, there we've got uh, conflict in every direction. We've been uh, in a 40-year undeclared war with Iran. Uh, uh, They call it a war. Uh, We try not to. Uh, They want to destroy Israel and attack the United States, I guess, uh, and drive us out of the region. And what we're trying to do is somehow bring peace and stability in the region at the same time, help Israel secure itself. So um, that's uh, got a lot of action going on right now. And then there's even Venezuela, which wants to take two-thirds of its neighbor, Guyana, and seize its uh, offshore oil rights. Uh, Venezuela, of course, being advised by Iran, China, and Russia. So, uh, yeah, it's a global problem, and it's growing. Well, you you were uh, Supreme Allied Commander, I think, 1997 uh, to 2000 under uh, uh, President Clinton, and I did some work with President Clinton, too, so... Uh, it's different times today, 30 years later, 25 years later. Um, what do you think the best course is going to be? I mean, uh, 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 is Putin looking forward for Trump to be president or Putin looking forward for Biden to be president? Well, Putin is looking forward to uh, being able to reduce significantly the power of the United States. And, um, and, and uh, Donald Trump has played along with it for his own purposes. 
I don't think uh, Putin believes he can control Trump, but he does believe he can influence him. On the other hand, he sort of sized up the administration and realized that uh, the administration is uh, not exactly prepared to stand up and risk confrontation with a nuclear-armed Russia. So uh, uh, Putin's uh, winning, and that's the problem. The world sees it that way, and so many of our erstwhile friends in the global south, as they call it, are hedging their bets. They don't want to—they may like the United States. They certainly don't want to live in Russia. But on the other hand, they don't see the United States as strong and as forceful as it used to be. Uh, well, uh, are, are we? Has the armed forces gotten weaker in the last five to ten years, uh, or, or can it be easily regained if we have the right leadership? Well, I think we do have to strengthen the armed forces, but so we're busy reorienting. You know. Uh, first, we were involved in uh, the invasion of, of Iraq, and uh, then we were fighting ISIS, and we were still in Afghanistan, and we finally got out of that three years ago. And for the last four or five years, we've been focused on China, and then Ukraine came along, and suddenly it looks like old-style warfare with new equipment in Ukraine. So uh, there are trench lines, there's obstacles, there's tanks, there's big artillery battles, but there's also drones and missiles and Patriot air defense systems. So um, it's stretched the United States defense budget tremendously. We're trying to support Ukraine, although there are some apparently a large number of Republicans and maybe a few Democrats that don't want to do this. That fight in Ukraine is our fight for our values and our freedom. And all we have to do is provide them some old military equipment and they're doing the fighting and, uh, and, and the bleeding on it. Uh, it's a, hate to say it, but it's a bargain for the United States if it works. Uh, but uh, our armed forces are still volunteer. We've only got maybe 70,000 people in all of Europe. Um, but uh, we're also missing our recruiting goals and having a hard time recruiting young people into the armed forces. So it's not just a matter of rebuilding the, 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 the equipment in the armed forces and reorienting away from uh, counterinsurgency, but it's also a matter of reengaging the American public with a support for the United States Armed Forces and letting and encouraging their sons and daughters to serve. Understood. Um, we got about a minute left. What do Sunday morning, the American people are sitting at their table, kitchen table, having a, a cup of coffee. What hope can you give them that we're, you know, things are straightened out soon? Well, I think, uh, you know, the first and basic foundation of America's strength is its economy. And um, I, I don't know what side of the partisan divide people are on, uh, but I do know this. The economy is growing. It's creating jobs. The level of inflation is down. And uh, there's not another country in the world that's doing better growing its economy than the United States of America. So that's a good sign. And that gives us the capacity to do everything else. But we got to get serious about national security, national defense, and our armed forces. And we got to face reality. This is not the 1990s. We're not the sole superpower. It's not about America, the exceptional, America, the indispensable. Now it's America, first among equals, challenged on all sides. Uh, and it's not just the power of our example. We've got to show the examples of our power. 
General Clark, thank you for everything you've done for America and continue to speak out for America. Uh, God bless you. God bless America. And let's catch up again real soon. Thank you, John.